Please take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 40 is where we're going to be today. And thank you for the opportunity uh, to preach to you today. I trust it will be an encouragement. It is, we usually try to make note of what day it is. Tomorrow, I am told, is 2-2-2-2-2 on Tuesday. Thank you, Lauren Duncan, for posting that. Uh, That was good information. But today is... Monday. (laughs) Today is President's Day. It's President's Day. So a lot of places get the day off on President's Day, but uh, we're celebrating President's Day. How much do you know about President's Day? I know it's Monday. It's the end of February, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. So I thought I'd just give out some new stuff today. Um, Where's Malachi? Malachi, would you help me today? Come on, come on up here, just, just on, the, on the floor, okay? Malachi, I have some brand new stuff. I have a six-pack of brand new Three Musketeer bars, okay? Now, you know me, I'm kind of a thrifty guy, all right? These are not thrifty. These are not from the food pantry. These are not from Halloween. These are brand new. I have the receipt. I paid full price for these brand new Three Musketeer bars. And I'm going to give you this, okay? Open that up if you would, and, uh, but then I'm going to ask you some questions. For everyone you get wrong, you're going to give me back one, okay? All right. So uh, this is how it's going to work, okay? So first of all, and feel free to help them out, just don't use your phone, okay? But what comes out of your mouth is what I, what I take, okay? President's Day. What four presidents were born in February? Lincoln, Washington, very good. You get to keep two of those for sure. I'm glad he did not say that. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Three. Very good. Wow. Fourth one's the tough one. You have five seconds. Four. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Me <laughs> one of those. Okay. Would you like to take any more guesses, or would you like to stop there with those? I'll, I'll, I'll keep what I guess. Okay. All right. Good. One more question. For President's Day, which of the presidents had a birthday that could land on President's Day, which we know is the third Monday in February, okay? Which president has a birthday that could actually land on President's Day? Answer carefully. George Washington. You're welcome. Any other guesses? You can, you can walk away. Lincoln? No. All right, he's going to say, give him a hand. Well done. That's good. Wow, I have three. Okay. All right, the answer to that is none of them. None of them could have a birthday that lands on President's Day. Oh, that was low. I, I understand. Uh, but Malachi, it gave you some new stuff, new stuff. We're going to talk about some new stuff this morning. Psalm chapter 40, verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, 
and set my feet upon a rock and establish my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the encouragement of your word. And God, I pray that this morning that you would use your word to motivate us to be thankful, to tell about your salvation. And Lord, if there is one here today that does not know you as Savior, God, I pray that you would use this time, use your Holy Spirit and your word to convict them so that they would become a Christian. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How do you like new stuff? I like new stuff. Do you like new stuff? I know some of you do. I actually talked to some of you. Uh, Annie said she likes new vacations. Uh, Alyssa said, I I like a new puppy. Oh, wow, I thought I'd get an awe on that. Okay. Um, Sarah said, I like new family members. That's good. Oh, there we go. Okay, good. Uh, Julia alliterated. She says, I like new food and new friends. Steve Board says he likes new scholarships for which you should apply. (laughs) Ben and Buddy say they like new shoes. Yes. And uh, Reagan says, I like new cars. Well, of course. (laughs) We all like new cars. Don't you love new stuff? In fact, just the smell of new carpet and new paint. Isn't that great? It's good stuff. This morning, we want to take a look at some new stuff that God has given us. And if you're a Christian here today, you have some new stuff that you need to stop and consider. Now, this psalm was written by David. David, we know, was running from Saul. He, though he had a good life, he had a very difficult life at times. And we know that there were times that were very low in his life, like at Ziklag, when even his own men talked about stoning him. And you remember what the Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. I want to take a few moments this morning and encourage us in the Lord as we ponder this new stuff that God has given us. Now, David had written this song, and the pattern of what God did for David is a pattern that we may apply in our own lives this morning. A couple of new things. First of all, we have a new location. Look at verse 2. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay. A new location. Now, what do you think of when you hear the word pit? I think of a hole in the ground, okay? Let me give you some background. This was written by David, who was a shepherd. And in the Middle East, I'm told that they have flash floods at certain times of the year. When the water recedes, they develop caverns and pits all throughout the land. And so you have to picture a shepherd looking out over the land, seeing pits. Now, as years went by, these pits would erode and get even bigger and deeper and wider. And so, after a while, in some of these pits would fall animals that couldn't get out. So there would be dead animal carcass, and there would be, obviously, moisture because it was shadowed, and and there was also times when it would be, um, there were maggots and snakes When he says horrible here, it's not just bad. It's really bad. Picture snakes and maggots and dead carcasses, and that's what you have here. It's a horrible. Another translation says a a, a terrible, a, a pit of destruction. Okay, so this is really bad. 
Not only that, he adds to it miry clay, which implies that it was uh, a spongy earth. They were stuck. In other words, you could not get out of this really, really bad spot. It was a horrible pit. John Bunyan might call it the slough of despond. Desperately trapped. Do we realize how desperately trapped we were before we were saved? We say, well, I was saved at the age of five. I wasn't out you know, robbing banks or doing anything like that. I, I know I was saved at the age of five, too. So picture with your, to, to yourself where you could have been had God not saved your soul. It's not just bad. It's horrible. It is desperate. And we cannot save ourselves. We had no way out of this terribly horrible pit. I picture a nightmare. You ever had a nightmare that was really bad, and when you wake up and realize it's not real, you just go, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, buddy, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, but uh, I had a nightmare one night. Uh, I fly RC airplanes, and I dreamed that I put Buddy in one of these RC airplanes and took off, (laughs) and I flew him off to the west, and I lost control, and he just flew off into the sunset. (laughs) And I'm going, and I'm telling people, like, go get the fire trucks, go get. And they're like, oh, no, you lost him. That's a, oh. <laughs> and I wake up. Oh. That's the idea. I was in a horrible, terrible, really bad spot. Do we realize that? Have you taken a moment recently to consider where you were or where you could be? How would you describe yourself? Alone? Desperate? Condemned? Lost? Blind? In fact, the psalm writer put it this, uh, a songwriter put it this way, and I want you to sing with me this morning on a couple songs. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Lost, blind, wretched. And God lifted us up out of that horrible pit that we could not get out of. God did that for us. A new location. But secondly, I see a new foundation. Because God didn't just lift us up and then go, plop, drop us back down. No, he lifted us up. And the Bible says in verse 2 that he set my feet upon a rock. A rock. What is that rock? 2 Samuel twenty two thirty two. Who is a rock save our God? We find throughout Scripture that God is referred to as a rock. Jesus Christ. In fact, the wise man was called wise because he built his house upon the rock. The words of Jesus Christ. Other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is... Christ Jesus. 
Jesus Christ is our new foundation. Have you considered that you have a new stability in Christ? And that is something we desperately need in this world today, isn't it? I don't know about you, but when I watch the news, I kind of think, I don't know, which scientist do I believe? Which one? How do I know what to believe? You know what? We have a solid rock, absolute truth in God's word, Jesus Christ. And God has given you a new foundation in Jesus Christ. Through Christ, we don't have to waffle as to where we stand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, a higher plain than I have found. On Christ the solid rock I stand. A new foundation, a new location. Thirdly, I see a new formation. He didn't just lift us up out of the horrible pit and plop us down on a rock. He gave us a direction. He gives us purpose. Look at verse 2. The Bible says, And set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. In other words, we can go somewhere through what we have in Jesus Christ. A new formation. He established my goings. And he gives us direction in life. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Proverbs 3, 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. Isaiah 58, 11. The Lord shall guide thee continually. John 16, 13. He will guide you into all truth. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. We have a guide. We don't just sit here and go, okay, I'm on the rock. We have a direction, a purpose in life. Aren't you glad for that? And that's not just a purpose. It is the purpose. The glory of God is the purpose of our lives. There are so many people today that may even have a purpose, but it will not bring fulfillment. They're sincere. In fact, how many of you know the name Brett Favre? Yeah, most of you. Okay, you remember those. Okay. How many of you know the name Todd Marinovich? Okay, a few of you. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about Todd Marinovich. He was born in 1969, and his parents wanted him to be the perfect athlete, the best quarterback that there could be. And so when Trudy, Marv's wife, found out she was pregnant, they did not allow her to have salt or sugar or alcohol or tobacco. When, when Todd was born, he could only have fresh fruits and vegetables and raw milk. He teethed on frozen kidney livers. Why? Well, Marv was the strength and conditioning coach for the Oakland Raiders at that time. 
And uh, he wanted this little guy to be the perfect athlete. That was his purpose. And so he would take him before he could walk to football fields and have him crawl on the football field. He would not allow him to to be in a walker because that supposedly messes up hand-eye coordination. He did not allow him to have fast food or sugar. And this guy, this kid grew to be an amazing athlete. Uh, He, as a freshman in high school, was the first freshman to ever start as quarterback in Orange County, California. He set records at his high school, almost 10,000 yards in passing. In fact, Sports Illustrated did a story on him when he was in high school, and the picture was Robo Quarterback. This guy had a purpose. He went to college. He went to USC. As a freshman, he was freshman of the year. He uh, won the Rose Bowl, and he was invited by former President Ronald Reagan to have lunch at his house. This guy had it made. When he uh, entered the draft, he went in the draft higher than Brett Favre, drafted by the Oakland Raiders in 1991. Great success, right? Great purpose, right? Well, Marinovich developed a drug problem in high school. He was known for being a party animal in college. When he got to the NFL, His drug problem got worse with marijuana, methamphetamines, and LSD. His play suffered, and the coaches were complaining that he couldn't couldn't comprehend the difficult offenses. He began failing drug tests, and in 1993, he was suspended and cut from the Oakland Raiders. He went to Canada to play. He was arrested and jailed several times in and out of rehab centers, played club football there, Finally, in 2001, he was ejected from a game for throwing things at the referee. In 2004, when he had no money, he was arrested for skateboarding in a prohibited area where they found drugs on him. He had a hard time holding even part-time jobs, one of which was scraping barnacles off of the bottom of boats. How could that happen? Here's a guy that had a purpose. Yeah, but it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't the right purpose. Contrast that to some funerals that I've been to recently. Pastor Ron Tobin, Dr. Monty Budol. Guys who lived their life with a purpose and lived their life well for the glory of God. And God has given us not just a new location, not just a new foundation, but a new formation, a direction, a purpose for life. We can be so thankful. But number four, I see something else. He didn't just lift us up, plop us on a rock, and wind us up to go. He gave us something to say along the way. Someone, something to sing along the way. In verse three, the Bible says, and he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in him. He gives us a new proclamation along the way. Now, what is this new song mentioned here? I looked up a bunch of commentaries, and there's differing of opinion. But the one thing they can all agree on is this. Even praise unto our God. That's the new song. Glorifying and praising God. Now, let me just take a minute here and say I've heard some people use this verse to say that we should sing to unsaved people so that they'll get saved. 
And they use this as, as a passage to say, well, that's, that's what this is saying. You sing and unsaved people get saved, right? I don't think so. I don't find anywhere else in Scripture where it says that we're supposed to sing to people to get them saved. I find in God's Word that we're singing to God. Okay? So, what's wrong with that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, who is the audience in this verse? Is it the unsaved? No. He's put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. And then he goes on and uses a verb that Dr. Marriott mentioned a couple weeks ago in chapel. He says, in relation to this new song, many shall see it. Why would he use the verb see rather than hear? I believe the reason is because he's not just talking about the song. He's talking about being lifted up out of the horrible pit and set on the rock of Jesus Christ and given a purpose in life and singing a new song. And the unsaved see the transformation and glorify God. They fear and they trust in God. It's not just the song that's being referred to here. It's the transformation of life. And we can be so thankful that God has given us a new proclamation, a new song to sing. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Cross the steeps and cross the waves. Onward is our Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. So he brought us up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, a new location. And he set our feet upon a rock, Jesus Christ, a new foundation. And he established our goings, a new formation. And he put a new song in our heart, even praise unto our God, a new proclamation. So what? So what do you want us to do with that? Let me give you three quick things and we'll close. Number one, be transformed. Be transformed. If this transformation is so awesome... If you haven't experienced this, then you need to be saved. You say, well, Mr. Wright is a Bible college. I understand. But there may be someone here that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior. Maybe you've been going through the motions, but you don't have this testimony. May I encourage you this morning, don't put that off anymore. Look what you're missing. An eternity in hell or an eternity with God in heaven heaven forever? Experience this new transformation. Be transformed. Number two, be thankful. Take a few moments today in the middle of the difficulties that are going on and the assignments and all the things you have to do and stop and say, thank you, Father, for where I was or could have been and what you have done for me. This is new, awesome stuff, and I thank you. And I praise you for it. Be transformed. Be thankful. And finally, be telling. Be telling. Look at verse 9 of this chapter. The psalmist says, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. 
So get out there and tell people. You say, well, <clears throat> I don't know a whole lot of unsaved people. I understand that. We're a little bit in a bubble right now. But we all have opportunities to share the gospel and if needed to tell them about Jesus Christ. Live it. Live that transformation in front of the world and then tell them with that new proclamation. And when you're out there and somebody asks, Maranatha, what, what is that? Tell them what it means. Segway into a, 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 the salvation testimony. In fact, you know that we actually have a track, a Maranatha track, so that when people go, Mara, what? You can say, here's what it means. And it tells them how to get ready for Jesus Christ's return. Be telling. Realize there is a hurting world out there that needs this transformation. The new location lifted up out of a horrible pit. A new foundation set my feet upon a rock. A new formation established my goings. A new proclamation. A new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. So, be transformed. Be thankful. And be telling. I sing a new song since Jesus came. Serve a new master. Wear a new name. Walk a new road. Have a new goal. Know a new peace down deep in my soul. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful today. Lord, I pray that you would encourage our hearts. And Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that today your Holy Spirit would bring them to yourself. Uh, God, I pray that we would be thankful that this would be, as David was, an encouragement to our hearts so that we will go forward in that direction that you've given us. And God, I pray that you would help us to see the importance of sharing this news with the people around us, to be telling people about this great transformation. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.